Welcome Wargamers, join your hosts, Falco and Monty, two Canadian wargaming enthusiasts, as we explore all aspects of tabletop wargaming. We roll dice, talk tactics, share hobby hacks, and explore new tabletop systems, all on the Trident Wargaming Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to Trident Wargaming. I am once again joined by Arthur from Charging from Deep Strike Studios. Thank you for having me on the show again, Bill. Oh, you're very welcome, very welcome. Uh, we're going to be throwing some 40k action at you guys today, so it should be pretty good. You ever play so much Warhammer that you're like, wow, I I, I don't want to play any more Warhammer this week, I'm played out. <laughs> uh, it hasn't been like that for me for... For a while, but you have been quite busy. Actually, a number of you guys in the community have been. So yeah, just uh, the the final tournament in Edmonton kind of wrapped up recently with some big changes because guess what came out? Warzone Nephilim, and it literally changed everything. Yeah. Uh, so between like practice games and actual tournament games and league games and trying to get heresy games, like. And I'm on holidays, dog, and I'm tired <laughs> from all these games. It's well, been a great time, though. I was going to say, it sounds like a good problem to have. Before we talk yeah, about Nephilim, about Hometown, about Full Auto, about your event, which maybe you'll, maybe you'll announce a name for that. I was thinking Bill's Take Your Shirt Off 2K, but <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Before we talk about... Chaos Space Marines and Chaos Demons and Angren and the League and all mm -hmm. the other good stuff. Let's talk hobby. Yes. Yes. What have you managed to get done? It has been busy on the Friday on the the hobby front. Um, Friday night, uh, a few of us gathered together, and we cranked out an obscene amount of terrain. Uh, it's been an ongoing battle the last probably I don't know two months. On and off with uh, having build parties, getting everything um, cut out of sprues, repaired, cleaned up uh, for this big uh, event that's going to be popping off um, end of August. Um, other than that, it's just been tinkering a little bit with my uh, 30k word bears. I ended up stripping a bunch of them that I decided to use uh, AK uh, enamel streaking grime on, and they were just... They look good, but they're a little too dark for me, and a lot of the details uh, were kind of lost, so decided to kind of reset on that. Um, now, did you, uh, before you put that streaking gram on there, yeah. did you seal it at all with like a like a gloss or a matte varnish? I did. Um, and you were still able to get all that off? Yeah. yeah. Right on. Stripped uh, right down to the bare plastic. Uh, I ended up using... Um, non-acetone nail polish remover and i okay. dunked it in my uh, sonic cleaner for about i want to say maybe 15 minutes uh, agitating and then i ended up uh, pulling it out giving it a quick scrub with the old toothbrush and then i threw it into another ultrasonic cleaner full of uh, pure uh, super clean like an automotive yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing and uh, in the morning i i honestly just used um the spray pressure from my kitchen sink and it was enough to actually like rip the paint off, which was pretty sweet. So damn, 
yeah, it was it was awesome. I, I haven't had that much success with a uh, with a stripping agent um, before, so I was really pleased that um, Alex there uh, told me no lies. He said, "Try it, man. It'll it'll real speed it up." And usually it's like a two or three day process uh, in like you know the super clean or whatever. But this was all within an hour kind of thing. It was pretty legit. Well, I'm kind of surprised because uh, a lot of times, like after you hit a varnish, yeah, like good, <laughs> fucking good luck, man. Mm-hmm. Like you can you can always get it there, but at that point you're looking at days. Yeah, yeah, I, I was very thankful uh, to get it to that point because I just I just want to bump it up a little bit brighter than what they are now, and uh, I figured you know what, it's a lot easier to hit the reset button when I'm only 22 models in versus you have an army painted and you're unhappy so no i definitely feel that i kind of went the opposite way with the emperor's children yeah in that uh, i went very bright to begin with because i knew i was going to be throwing an oil wash on it yeah so i threw a brown oil wash to try to blend in with those purples and then you know took it off that the ak interactive enamel uh and it is still almost too dark and i've been humming and hawing like do I want to strip this, or is this that John Blanche grimdark kind of look I want? Yeah. Um, Cause you know the sisters, they're they're black non-metal metallic. They're very clean. The Eldar, they're they're green. There's not a single metallic in that army. Everything is non-metal metallic. They're very clean. Yeah. And so I actually I sat there and I decided, you know what? I'll, I'll do a nice dirty army because it's been a long time since I've gone with that style. And I think Heresy's maybe the place to do that. Definitely, it uh, thrives on that grimdark aesthetic, right? It really does, so um, that's, and, you that's know, the nice thing about it. The tanks love it, the the vehicles love it, and the dreadnoughts love it, so we'll see how that works out. So yeah. anyways, you painted out literally hours and hours and built hours and hours of terrain. More crates <laughs> than any man can count. <laughs> you've, uh, you've worked through yeah. some word bearers. Yeah, there's a ton of crates. Anything else? Is that all your hobby stuff? Uh, for the most part, yeah, that's, it's just been, yeah, a lot of terrain, and then obviously, yeah, the 30k stuff, trying to make the push, and I've still got so much stuff to build, like, it's just, everything's on, on pause right now until the terrain is ready, that's kind of my number one priority right now, um, I was doing some priming today, and realistically, uh, I ended up picking up a total of eight cans of black primer, and three cans of white, so I can do that you know, top-down kind of highlight to speed things along. Yeah. And uh, it might be enough. It might be. <laughs> That's so much. It's crazy, yeah. right? Like, I've never dropped almost 100, like, pretty much 100 bucks on primer before, and I was like, damn, like, <laughs> that's uh, that's a first for me, so we'll see how it goes. We'll yeah, that's, it goes. that's awesome, though. Uh, on my side of things, I've really been picking away at the uh, first 1,500 points of the Emperor's Children. Uh, we got 20 Marines, uh, you know, with, uh, bolters, 10 Marines with plasma, uh, a special character that I've been kind of holding off from showing everyone. Cause I want, uh, the, you know, the, the princess reveal to be a big deal when I show it to the world. It's a, yep. it's a kit bash from, uh, some Palantine stuff from some Terminator stuff from those two new characters. I've gone oh, all nice. out on this guy. Yeah, well, I've never even seen a model like this somewhere else, so I'm excited to to share this. I think it'll be a big hit. Awesome. Uh, a Spartan and a Contemptor. 
So I'm trying to get that first, you know, 1500 painted so that when it comes down to this heresy league coming up, uh, I'll be able to focus on the next 1500 while everyone's still working on their first. Yeah, no, that's a solid plan. It really is. But oh, this is not a heresy podcast, Bill. It is not. It is not. We are uh, 10,000 years in the future. So That's right. We'll fast forward. War, in fact, 40K. in a very in a very specific war zone. It's true. War zone Nephilim. Nephilim. Who's on the cover of that book? Some Necrons. Why do you think fucking Necrons are on the cover of that book? Because they got a sweet boost, and they're definitely uh, they're they're quite a contender now. Yeah, so I think that their special rule now for being Necrons is like army wide core, right? <laughs> they got a huge boost for core. That's I mean that's not what their you know their their mono detachment bonus is, but kind of feels like it. Even the Silent King is core. Yeah, and there's some really interesting interactions you can do where you can revive his buddies. Which is super, super neat. No doubt. Uh, for, for the listeners who you know aren't, aren't really 40k-centric or aren't that into it, Warzone Nephilim dropped. And uh, it's probably been the biggest metagame shakeup since 9th edition dropped. Uh, they changed up all the secondaries, so every single faction secondary got tweaked. Some got buffed. Uh, a few of the auto-takes uh, got nerfed. And then they went through all the general ones, and uh, they removed some outright. They modified others. Yeah. And uh, mostly the missions are the same, but the other big change is what they did with command points. They uh, took all the command points and they said, instead of starting with 12, you guys can start with 6. And you don't get free relics or free warlord traits anymore. you got to pay for that. So this is that a couple major repercussions because you can't really afford to take... Uh, you can't play Hero Hammer anymore, right? Yeah. Most people were taking two or three, just kitted out to the nines, uh, killy heroes, and you can't afford to do that. No, and true. they're really reinforcing you taking a battalion. Yeah. One of my big critiques of Ninth Age Warhammer is that uh, it, it almost feels like troops aren't worth taking. But now, uh, and it you know it's kind of a tax, and a lot of people hate that troops tax. With so limited CP, you almost need to take three squads of troops. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Should you have to take more troops? Considering considering the way that the the game is focused very much around scoring, I, I think more troops is always a good thing. Um, it obviously can uh, change some of the styles of play some people are going for. Like, don't need troops if you table the enemy, right? Um, but Essentially, troops are, are going to get you there and allow you to hold uh, those are, those uh, objectives, especially if they're obsec and you're dealing with other units close by. So it, it's probably you said a, that because a bonus. I tabled one of my enemies during this last tournament, and I yeah. lost because his whole army was troops. Oh, see? Yeah. It can happen. It can happen. But just from a game design perspective, if you were building your best possible version of Warhammer... Yeah. What would you do with troops? Would you make them mandatory? Would you do the the heresy combined arms attachment? Um, would you make it completely optional? Like, and what? Where do we draw the line between mandatory troops and taking them because, uh, you know, they should be the flavor of an army? I guess like, whenever depends. we read about space marines and the fluff, yeah, we have just you know squads of tacticals after squads of tacticals, and they've kind of tried to make something resemble that with the core keyword. 
Yeah. But not there. So what would you do? It's kind of a, it's a good question. I think the approach that uh, 30k has taken as far as like the line uh, troop goes, I like that that's the only thing that can actually let you score. Um, whereas in, in 40k, basically anything can score anything. It's just obsec is better. So I think if you dialed it back to where only troops can score, you'd see a lot more people taking them um, and being a little bit more, uh, what's the word, I guess, uh, cautious with them as well. Like some people just throw you know, their troops into screens, try and do whatever they can. And I think you'd see people actually taking care of them, hiding them and maybe even taking transports to kind of uh, have them screened away from enemy fire. There could be a lot of different ways uh, to benefit from that. I'm thinking of the old uh, old 5th edition rules where your troops would sit in a rhino for 5 turns. At the end of turn 5, they'd get out. And you just hope that we don't play turn 6 because then you That's might true. not win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the interesting things about heresy, and you know, again, this is not a heresy podcast today, but uh, being that they've kind of thrown a whole bunch of rules out there, I think in anticipation for what they might change for 10th, right? Hey, is this system cool? Is it not? Uh, they even say in like a little fluff passage somewhere in the Age of Darkness rulebook that uh, your your line troops are there to consolidate objectives after your more specialized infantry and stuff have taken them. So maybe those middle checkpoints, your terminators run up and they clear it. And then later on, your troops hold the ground. And that kind of resembles what would happen in a traditional uh, setting, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Right? You're not sending basic guardsmen to go clear a field. They're going to mop up the ranks. You're going to send in the Lehman Russes first. Yeah. Yeah, and that that does kind of go hand in hand, I guess, with uh, like even thinking about my executioners. You know, I'm, I'm probably going to straight up send aggressors and send my redemptor and... Maybe even the uh, uh, repulsor executioner up the board, and then let those little intercessor squads kind of mop up and just hold, right? So it does make sense, though. Like from, uh, I guess, from a standpoint of just like fluff in a the way that you can play it. Now this uh, this troops change, um, being that having battalions are almost now mandatory, totally changed what army I was going to take for hometown. Because I was all gung-ho on Eldar. But I was playing a Vanguard detachment. If you don't play a lot of 40k, that just means instead of taking two troops uh, and your HQ, you got to take uh, three uh, elite choices. And in Eldar, that's where all your Aspect Warrior are. So your Dire Avengers, your Fire Dragons, um, your Howling Banshees. All, all the things for, for why you would want to play Eldar are in the elite section. Uh, so I, I've been working on this Eldar army for, for months at this point. Um, Nephilim drops two weeks before Hometown, and Hometown decides they're going to use it. And at first, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty disappointed. Because I spent months painting this army. And uh, I think it's my best painting project to date. Um, you know, I, I knew that Ward was going to be playing, so I didn't think I was going to win Best Painted, but I wanted to represent it with something I thought was cool. So I was pretty upset for a bit. Uh, in addition, they nerfed some of the Eldar stratagems, uh, kind of in the same way they did to Custodes uh, a few months ago, where they hit him with the once per game, um, to try to make Eldar play more interactively. So, better for the game, worse for me personally. Uh, so I had to totally shake up the army I was going to bring. I ended up bringing the Sisters of Battle. Uh, and they got a huge boost in the form of secondaries, 
Um, they have the best secondary set. Maybe, maybe, maybe Necrons have it. Between the two of them, they have the best secondary set in uh, the whole game. And in some of those cases, you can pretty much just write 10 or 15 on your little scorecard as soon as you slap that objective, because there's nothing the opponent can do about it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, so I went to I went to hometown with that. Did you come check out hometown at all? No, I didn't get a chance to. I uh, <laughs> I ended up actually scheduling my uh, buddy's bachelor party that weekend, and uh, it just was not in the cards. So I'll put it that way. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, so. Honestly, bachelor party sounds like a great time. It was, uh, it was hometown. Good called themselves the uh, the premier Edmonton event. And I was wondering if they would hold up to that. The ticket was expensive, but I think we talked about this in our last podcast. It was $100 for uh, a Saturday-Sunday event. And that's, you know, not going to lie, that's pretty pricey. That's premium. Because standard yeah. event fare used to be 60 bucks, And even at 60 bucks, I always thought, that's oh, four games of Warhammer, I could play that for free in my basement. But um, the kicker was, they said they would provide you all-you-can-drink open bar, and uh, lunch on both days. Now, when you kind of do the math, you know, lunch is going to be 12, 15 bucks per guy. And, if, you know, you drink a couple beers, I guess you made your money back. Yep. Um, anyways, some, some plus or minus on Hometown. Hometown overall was an excellent event. I give them two thumbs up. And if you nice. were thinking about going, I think uh, next year you should definitely sign up early because it was a good time. They bought two kegs and you had your choice between two different types of beer. Um, now they threw it on ice, so all Saturday it was nice and ice cold, but it kind of melted over Sunday, so Sunday the beer was kind of warm. That was a little bit of a downer. Thumbs down on that. Nobody likes warm beer. Saturday, the beer in, was uh, flowing. Unless you're in England. And they rock out warm beer. Oh, do they really? Yeah. It's not oh, that's not the way. No. No. I, I, I'm a cold beer myself. So. If ice cold, like if it's a little warm, you guys are making fun of me when I was building terrain with you because I had to feel to see well, if the beer was warm enough. There, there was still these like dew drops running down the can. It was practically mountain certified cold, and you were like, "No, man, it's too warm." I was like, "What? Too warm? It's not cold enough." <laughs> so, and correct me if I'm wrong. If it's not uh, England, I'm pretty sure it's like England and UK. There, I'm pretty sure, like, very confident in that. But if I'm full of shit, let me know. That's funny. Uh, at me in the comments. I want to know if they where else they drink warm beer. You yeah. know, actually in in Peru, if you want like a cold pop, you have to say uh, you want it frío. Otherwise, they just give you a warm one. It's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> I'm <laughs> warm pop is nasty. I, I'm okay with just the cold beer. Everything else, I don't mind being room temp personally. Except but, except uh, coffee. Coffee hot. You know what? There was an English IPA, I think, and maybe that's what they were going for. They wanted that nice and warm for the true uh, British Warhammer experience. There you go. Red. Thumbs down on warm beer. The lunch was pretty good. Uh, the second day, they brought in Italian center shop, a uh, nice little sub. The first day, they brought in a sub. There was a range of options, so if you want a chicken or beef or vegetarian, if you're weird, uh, or, you know, dietary restrictions, whatever. <laughs> uh, so the food was good. Uh, and I think the thing that they did the best was the terrain. Now, they went all out. They attached um, QR codes to... Uh, so First of all, they, they cut up a bunch of their old 6x4 fat man. Yeah. Um, and they were actually quite big. They were GW terrain size. And then they put, like, you know, their runes or whatever. But it was the mat 
that provided like obscuring. So there was more line of sight blocking terrain than ever before. Now, in uh, any other event in the last 10 years without the current 9th edition terrain rules, there would not be even remotely enough terrain. But it works well for this system because of the size of these mats. Now, what they did in all these mats as well is they put a little QR code. So if you ever were like, hey, man, what is this piece of terrain? Take your phone, scan that, and it tells you, oh, uh, breachable, scalable, defensible, ruin, etc. That oh, wow. was the best thing they did. That's legit, yeah. Uh, I mean, how many times have you, uh, in playing a game of Warhammer, been, you know, 30 minutes in, uh, and then someone starts calling out some rule that this terrain should have? And, you know, maybe you didn't talk about it at the start of the game, and you're like, uh-uh, that shouldn't have that. It's it's happened once or twice, and it depends. Uh, normally, uh, I really try to follow that uh, that rule. Like, if, if you guys just can't agree... Uh, four up, right? Roll a dice and see is usually the best way. Especially, it always comes up, and correct me if I'm wrong, at like a crucial time. It's after oh, yeah. like you've shot this crazy high strength, you know, uh, low AP, high damage shots into some elite unit. They say, like, yeah, but like like cover or whatever, right? And you're like, are you sure, man? I don't think so. And it, it's always around that point, right, where it's gonna it come up, and you yeah, and you're gonna talk about it. And then, yeah, at the end of the day, I've, I've, I've done just, you know what, four up, let's see. Sometimes you get burned by it. Sometimes it's just, you got to roll with it as is or, you know, tips in your favor, which is nice. But, um, yeah, I, I try to make a habit of trying to talk about terrain first and uh, actually, like, narrate while I play. I've been trying to really get into that uh, that habit again as well um, for 40 This is my intense. Yeah, exactly. My tents to move over here. I'm going to need, you know, an eight to charge. Does that look like an eight? And you're like, yeah, cool. All right, sweet. So at least once you get to that point, it's so much easier, right, with uh, the communication. So. Yeah, and uh, I've done the four-up thing before. I think that's a great way to solve a problem when you're at, you know, odds when it matters, like in that situation. Yeah. But they they even foresaw before that it could possibly happen. They uh, provided those QR tags. That was really cool. That must have taken a ton of work. I don't doubt that. And that was on every piece of terrain? Or just on the table? Every single piece of terrain? Because everything had a base, and they just put it on the base. That's pretty cool, man. I have to admit. So, they did spend a ton of time on that. Uh, That was definitely cool. I mean, mind you, all they did was, you know, uh, printed off some QR codes for... And then just stuck those on the little fat mat cutouts. And every piece of... Every every table had uh, four ruins, two forests, and six crates. And then maybe one or two more pieces to scatter. Um, so the, really, all you got to do is print off a QR code for a forest, a rune, and a crate twice per table. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. So it, it is a ton of work, but it's also pretty simple. Uh, that was really cool. In the end, uh, I think I gave Hometown, uh, I don't know, 8, eight out of 10, 8 out of 10. Nice. Uh, maybe 9 out of 10. Uh, the warm beer is kind of a downer. Um it was hot in there, but that, that you know you can't really fix that. It's a summer tournament. Yeah, uh, food was good, and I just think I don't know the price. The price gets me. The beer got me, but it was good. A hundo's a big a big ticket for sure. Would you would you have felt better at ninety? Um, maybe 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 I don't know. I think eighty. I think eighty is uh, like a premium event ticket price. 
And I'm not even sure if, if I want lunch provided. Like, it was nice to have the option at the hall, mm-hmm. but I also don't mind getting out of the hall and going for lunch. Yeah. Oh, they also uh, didn't have enough time to do all their paint judging at lunchtime, so they had to paint judge some people while they were still playing. Oh, okay. How many players does it have? I know it was quite large. Uh, I th- Maybe 40-ish. Okay. Ish. They didn't hit 50. I don't know if they hit the 40 mark. It was high high 30s, maybe low 40s. Not bad, though. Not bad. Kudos, hometown. Definitely. So, 8 out of 10, definitely check it out. It's not an event to miss. Um, they have some room for improvement. They have a lot of success. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, I ended up taking home um, Best Imperial with the Sister of Battle. Uh, third best overall with a record of uh, three wins, two losses. And I think that third best comes from a high paint score and uh, high battle points. I scored quite highly on uh, all my games, even the ones I lost. Uh, first round, I played Pendleton. He had some nids. And uh, I actually recently lost a Pendleton at the last tournament, the Red Claw Fulato. Um, and I felt like I was playing 200 points less nids because I was after all the points yeah, changes. They got wicked points adjustment. I do remember that. They, uh, and I got about 60 free points um, on some, some sisters units. And uh, the game went totally my way. Uh, I, I scored quite highly on that. It was a pretty easy win. Um, round two in the winner's bracket, I had another really tough matchup into to Lukash and his Chaos Knights. Uh, I lost by like four points. Uh, it was a very tight game. It went to time. Like we played all five turns. Uh uh, we didn't have much time at the end of it. I think he had like an armager half dead, and I had like Morbin Vol and maybe five battle sisters around. Nice. Um, it was very very close. Uh, round three was the one I was the most upset about. I ended up playing this guy named Ben Taddy, and Ben Taddy is famous for just being a corn enthusiast. And this motherfucker brought like 160 <laughs> blood letters plus some character support. And when you look at that army, you're like, oh, free free W. Let me <laughs> let me go get that bread. But the yeah. truth was, I just couldn't push them off objectives quick enough. He scored big on primary, and at one point in the game, it was like 90 to 30. Oh, God. In the end, it ended up being like 94 to 76 or something like that, and I killed every single model he had on the table. And if we were playing old-school Warhammer, where we had a turn six, or if it was like the end of the game where it mattered what you were sitting on, I would have won. Yeah, but he just scored so big early on, kind of like how orcs do sometimes, that I yeah. could never really catch up. Uh, game four, I played against Blood Angels, and here, here I got a little pull. Let's play a game called Gutsy or Goatsy. <laughs> All right, so I'll tell you what happened. I'll tell you what I'm gonna do, and you tell me if we take the Gutsy player or the Goatsy player. Uh, he's playing Blood Angels, so he's playing kind of the the new ones where they take some Centurions. Yeah. Sure, the, the space marines within the space marines um, and he had a big blob of sanguinary guard with a banner and i think dante and three centurions on a point and i knew i needed to clear out some of that and then distract him for a turn before my other my models could get there and on deck i had three paragon war suits i could either take out probably all the sanguinary guard or all the centurion war suits do you charge or do you hold back do you go gutsy or are you goatsy Ah, uh, knowing me, I'd probably charge the Sanguinary Guard. 
I ended up charging the sense. Uh, Paragons wiped them. Um, so we went gutsy. We didn't go ghostsy. And uh, I, as planned, I was able to hold him up for another turn. He had to clear out the Paragons, and then my Repentia could come clean up the rest of the Sanguinary Guard the following turn. But that sort of like um, threat assessment, I think, is so crucial to the current Warhammer 40k, where you have to be like, okay, what can I kill? What's going to happen turn one, two from now? And do I have a plan for the rest of it? No, it's true. It's true. It's a big thing. It is a big thing. The way 40k plays is just it's so different from uh, all the other like systems that I've been playing. It's it is nice. It's always refreshing to jump in and get a few rounds uh, going. It just it scratches a different itch. I was talking to uh, uh, one of the other guys in the community about it, and it's just yeah. I I enjoy both 30k and 40k for different reasons for uh, just gameplay style, model aesthetics, everything like that. So, um, you think one is more tactical than the other, or it's just different skill sets? Uh, I, I've I've always thought 40k was a lot more tactical in decision making, especially with the strats, the kind of the way that the um, the way that the, the system's built. I have to admit, though, um, now that uh, Horsehair C 2.0 has dropped these reactions, um, it's starting to feel that way a little bit uh, to Heresy as well. There are there are things you can do in your army to try and really take advantage of these reactions. You can try and stall them out on the opponent. Um, you can try and bait them out with, you know, screen units and really just trying to nickel and dime. Uh, it, I do like that aspect of it. So it, it's, it's starting to go back to like the central for me. I still think the edges for 40 K, but I, I really like the direction heresy's been going. So that's fair. Uh, 40k is built a little bit different with like secondaries and the primaries and the point system than heresy is. Yeah. Um, so maybe might be onto something there. Uh, and then uh, I ended up beating the Blood Angels. It was a very close game. Uh, it was actually one of the only missions in the game where uh, you want to go second because just the the way the speaking of mission secondaries, one of the mission secondary works. Uh, it's, it's about a 20 point swing if you go second. Oh wow. Um, but uh, I was able to kind of overcome that and, uh, you know, play a really good game of Warhammer. And then my final game was also against Chaos Knights. Chaos Knights, the boogeyman of this event, there was nine Chaos Knight players, Ooh. I think, out of like 36. Or, or Well, Knight and, and Chaos Knight. I think it was a 7-2 split. That's awesome. Um, uh, so there was, uh, it was like 20, 27% of the player base was Knights. So you had to kind of like... Roll a dice and, you know, one, two, three, four, you're playing knights. <laughs> <laughs> um, not not quite that, but... Uh, and I was able to, to learn from my mistakes from playing Lukash because it was a very similar list. Uh, and I uh, cleaned up the floor on that one. I scored, I think, the biggest points out of the tournament there. Oh, very nice. So all in all, it was a, it was a good event. No doubt. Uh, I think it was my best showing yet this season. That's killer. That's killer. And that was two weeks ago, right? Yeah, yeah. it was two weeks ago. So we're 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 still recovering. Yeah, no from doubt. playing so much fucking Warhammer. No doubt. Um, and you know, I think it was you know two weekends before that was the Red Claw full auto. 
Um, the the Red Claw single day RTT three game uh, ITC event. I think it had a good turnout too. They've had pretty good turnouts in their store. Uh, they ran pretty well. Uh, the terrain is, um, you know, Red Claw has often been famous for having uh, out of the stores like kind of the best terrain. But I think that uh, some of their stuff's a little outdated now. I think it'd be perfect actually for Heresy because they got a bunch of the old runes. Oh, but yeah, uh, yeah. some of it doesn't quite work for what you need for like obscuring and stuff. Um, almost like where you almost want like that, you know, neoprene base or or other base just to be can say that hey, this is obscuring, this isn't. Yeah, the, uh, that was a good event though too. I have noticed right the terrain demands from the systems um, are very different, and it's definitely one thing to try and keep in mind, right? Especially. Like building terrain that you want to use for both uh, systems, if you want to make like a decent table, it's it is a lot more demanding from 40k. That's for sure. Absolutely, and it's it's so fucking different. Because like for example, do you base your terrain or not? In 40k, you want a base on it because it makes help defining what your obscuring is. Yeah. But in Heresy, if your terrain has a base on it, you're taking a minus two to your movement. It's true. And a lot of your stuff, you're rolling those DC checks, or the DT checks. And if you yeah. roll one, stuff is bad. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, not cool. It is not or, cool uh, at all. I mean, if you got your 15-man assault squad, and they, uh, they're they on their jump packs, uh, you're losing two to dangerous terrain. Yeah. So, it's... Yeah, Brutal. it may not, may not be the best trade-off, for sure. So, gotta I figure know. out something. And I know, speaking of uh, Red Cloth Full Auto, they have another one coming up August 13th, I believe. Yeah, I don't know if they... Have they posted that yet? Are those tickets on sale? I don't know if they're on sale yet. I've just heard... I, yeah, it's the 13th. I'm pretty sure. That's what I remember, that it's uh, coming out. So, I've heard it through the grapevine a little bit, so that'll be interesting to see it uh, kick off. I think I'm uh, I'm camping that weekend. Um, otherwise, I'd be at their event because it's a great event, and I'd, I'd like to to take the sisters out to as many events as possible while they're still, uh, right, you know, in the driver's wave. seat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it comes and it goes, right? The the chaos gods are fickle, and sometimes you get a a, a boon, and sometimes you don't. It's uh, true. It's like true. Chaos Space Marines, right now, they 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 kind of just got a boon. Their codex just released. That's yeah. Did you pick it up? I did. Oh, I did. I'm uh, I'm all over. Any it. any initial impressions? Like, what do you you know? You flip through it. You looked at the art. You looked at some data sheets. Like, overall, um, the Chaos Marines definitely got a, a nice boost all around. The additional wounds help a lot. Um, a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of the stratagems help a lot. Um, you have as many wounds as drones now. Congratulations. <laughs> Finally, finally, it's been too long. It's been too long. So, um, there's some really cool uh, synergies. I know Night Lords have some really strong combos. Uh, Word Bears themselves are looking extra spicy, which it just you know just so happens that my 30k force is Word Bears and my 40k force is Word Bears, and I'm actually able to port. Probably like ninety percent of that army between the systems, so uh, it makes it a lot easier p 
painting wise to be able to concentrate on one group of models and I can throw them back and forth with relative ease uh, especially because you know Galvor back are like the big giant possessed demons uh, if you're not familiar with 30k but they port exactly over to possess now for chaos space marines who are on 40 mil bases and uh, the Galvor back are actually I think a little bit bigger still um, than they are so if they're the same as greater possessed models from uh, Shadow Spear they, they'll be basically just a, just a little bit smaller than Galvor back which is nice. Now, do you see yourself actually playing Word Bearers? What are their special rules for 40k? Uh, you get to reroll all your hit rolls um, on the turn that you charge or heroically intervene, which is nice. Okay, so and and with Chaos Space Marines, uh, like army wide exploding sixes. Yeah, depending that's on a big deal. Yeah, it depends on what uh, kind of doctrine you're in. It's like the Wanton uh, Massacre or. There's three different ones. Some of them affect like assault weapons, pistols, rapid fire, heavy weapons. But you essentially all want to get down to the uh, the assault one where it's exploding sixes in combat, which gotcha, is nice, okay. especially with rerolls. Can be really good. Uh, they also get a five plus ignore mortal wounds. Which you know, is really and nice. uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, especially with. Uh, armor contempt rolling around right now uh, yeah. people might try to start oh i'm not gonna fuck around with your armor save i'll just do mortals but you've got a five up save you're still not be picking models up right you'll save a few yeah you will they, they feel very actually um comparable to almost black templar in my mind so just with the the saves and the general buffs that you can give them um a lot of the uh characters have really good synergy with a, a few choices in the book um, but they're the only ones, even the uh, Iron Warriors, uh, another army that I play, is looking pretty spicy as well. I know they changed their Armor of Contempt rule to you can't reroll wounds against uh, any Iron Warrior units, which is still pretty okay. good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Still pretty good, so... Well, you know, you know, they're T4 or T5 if you're those possessed, so not being able to reroll wounds on that is it's kind of a big deal. Yeah. And army wide is really nice, right? Like it's, I think that'll give you extra mileage um, throughout the game, and really start to kind of take away some of these guys' as, uh, uh, builds. If you see a lot of lieutenants or just you know um, certain prayers or uh, chants or whatever, it's. I think they're pretty fair. Um, they're pretty decent o overall. Like I've heard really good things about the books. There's been a couple things that have changed uh, just because of the uh, no model syndrome or no option syndrome, which is kind of weird. Uh, they did it to kind of half of the, seems like half the units got hit by that and half didn't, so. Right. Yeah. One of the things I like that they did for Chaos Space Marines, because when you look at, say, the Terminator squad, yeah, they have all different weapons, and you know, all those different weapons used to have special rules. You used to have to really fuck around to go get enough axes or swords or whatever you wanted. Yeah. But now those are just uh, accursed weapons. They all have, they they're all minus three, plus one strengths. Uh, plus one attack, maybe? I think plus one attack with it, yeah, and one damage. Uh, and they, they fucking slap, right? That's, that's kind of a, a neat little thing. The, um, the downside with that is the rest of the options in that squad is essentially like you can only have this many combi plasma. I think it's two combi plasma, two combi melta, two combi flamer, 
Um, oh, so you can't take four Kami Melta anymore? No. No. You can have, like, one mm. squad that can have Lightning Claws, You can, ha- or one guy, you can have up to three Power Fists kind of thing. But, like, you can't kit everybody the same anymore. And, unless it's all Cursed Weapons. And I feel that's... It's good and bad. Good because the squad is a lot easier to just build out of the box. Bad because you're taking a lot of these modeling options and tactical options away from players. Bad because you are also uh, stripping a lot of... uh, Essentially a lot of the... Flare that you can get with third party uh, bits. Well, and and player agency, right? Yeah. Um, but from and, you know business point uh, of view, uh, it's good because you're eliminating third party bits that aren't yours. So. And the new uh, the new Chaos Space Marine Legionnaire kit, the one that comes out of Kill Team, those models are fucking cool. Yeah, they are. Um, back when I started playing Warhammer 40k uh, in fifth edition. Um, you know, between Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines, there wasn't like a ton of a difference. Yeah, like they were kind of different, but you know, the running joke was that uh, Chaos Space Marines get everything Space Marines have, but worse. Um, and they've kind of continued that train through sixth and through seventh. Yeah. Um, and maybe through eighth. And you know, there are some things that Chaos Space Marines get to do well. Like for a time in sixth, the fucking Heldrake was bonkers. Yeah. Um. But it really seems like, from a design standpoint, that uh, Chaos Space Marines are maybe finally starting to stand on their own, like, rules-wise. Because, like, Possessed are the fucking greatest thing in the Codex right now. And that's really flipping the switch, because there was a time when they were the worst unit in the game. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you're you're kind of... You're not really using a lot of the old Space Marine tanks anymore. Now you're going to use the Demon Engines. It's true. Um like the Venom Crawlers or the Lord Discordant or the Forge Fiend or the Mauler Fiend. Um, and I really like that as a design perspective. We're not just looking at like uh, two different flavors of Space Marines, but one have horns. Now we have two really distinct armies. I think that's super cool. Yeah, no, it, de- it definitely is. Um, I am actually looking forward later on uh this week i'm actually going to be meeting up with uh kenny boucher to do like a deep dive on uh, chaos space marines and talk about all the wonderful things in that codex uh because i know he's been going really hard with that on the uh, long war network and they've kind of been doing some serious dives into that book so it's going to be uh it's going to be pretty legit so keep a lookout for that. Now he's part of uh, Next Level Painting, right? Yeah. And he does uh, some courses? Yeah, he does uh, some uh, painting courses, his 101 uh, course, which can transition over to like a 201, 301, and then uh, obviously offers a little bit more on top of that. Um, and then does commissions he- and whatnot as well. I think he's also a writer for uh, Bell of Lost Souls occasionally too, but I could I could be out to lunch there. I don't know. I'll have to ask him. I'll have to bug him. See. <laughs> hey Kenny, do you ever write for Bell of Lost Souls? Are are you the new Larry Vella? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so 
I mean, you've had the chance to look at the Codex a bit. I know you're not super familiar, but do you think Chaos Base Marines have what it takes to kind of upseat the 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 top seat? And I, I don't know if that top seat is uh, Necrons, Nids, or Sisters of Battle, but are, are Chaos Base Marines like the next the next Necron, the next Harlequin, the next Custody, the next Tau, the next Eldar? They feel really strong. I think they're in a good place. Um, in all honesty, like there's a lot of guys online who are far more uh, deeper than I am for the 40k, but they're saying like this is probably one of the stronger books that we've had since 3.5. And those are those are bold statements. I mean, not really. Let me tell you the fucking good chaos books between 3.5 and now. Chaos Demons in 7th, the end. Wow. The, yeah, the, the janky <laughs> circus, right? <laughs> the janky circus. Yeah. Um, I, I've been doing a bit of reading on them. I think that they're going to be good, but not broken. Yeah. I think they're going to reward uh, longtime chaos veterans. Um, I don't see them as uh, as they should, but I don't see it as a faction that someone's going to go out and you know drop a thousand dollars, go buy the two squads of possessed, the Lord Disco, Abaddon, six Obliterators, and be able to rack up GT wins. Um, I think that that list will rack up GT wins, but from the people who've been playing Chaos for some time, it's not going to be the auto wins that uh, Void Weaver spam and other stuff was. No, I could agree with that. Like, I, I think they're going to be in a really good place. Um, especially the, like, Night Lords and Word Bears. I'm pretty eager to see how they shake out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, um, maybe awesome. we'll see one or two at your event coming up. Yes, I I expect to see a couple. A couple, now, at the very least, so... Have you so for those of you that don't know, Bill's Bill's running an event uh the end of August, August twenty sixth, twenty seventh, twenty seventh, twenty eighth? Twenty seventh, twenty eighth, yeah. Alright. Um Saturday you're doing forty K GT yeah. or uh, RTT, so RTT. three games, two thousand points. Uh winner take all. Yeah. Um That's and the Sunday you're doing something really fucking cool. Yeah, we're doing a, a doubles event. So up to uh sixteen teams. It'll be a thousand points per uh, player, so two thousand point armies fighting each other, uh, but they are operating obviously as a team but independently. And alongside that, we're actually having a sixteen man uh, singles uh, horse heresy event as well. So man, that a little is... bit of everything for everybody. That's uh, actually my favorite format of the event uh, because Sunday the boys can go hard, or Saturday the boys can go hard. Yeah. Uh, and girls, or or you know whoever else, uh, the people can go hard and play competitive Warhammer, but the Sunday doubles has traditionally been you know more relaxed and more fun, uh, just because it's a it's a format that that's it's meant to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, to, to be fun, to to shoot the shit, to be a little zany. It should be good. I I, I am hoping to put on uh, a good show. Uh, for the community, so I, th I think, I think between the two different styles of play, uh, there'll be something for everyone. Um, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely look uh, look to the uh, social pages in the next little while. I know there's 
a lot of work right now behind the scenes, um, getting all the packs together and everything kind of up up to date and polished, and uh, it'll still be you know Paint City <laughs> to get everything ready for that. But uh, yeah, we're I know everyone's pretty excited. I've got a lot of uh, positive feedback already just just from announcing like the save the date. So it's uh, it's looking to be pretty good. It, it's going to be at the uh, Eagle Club here in St. Albert. And uh, I can tell you that there is a bar and there is uh, a kitchen. And what more do you need? Uh, you can roll some dice, play Warhammer, and uh, have a couple brews and some wings. Kind of checks all the boxes for me. So uh, definitely uh, look forward to seeing everybody there. And I think it will be, I think it'll be a, a good show. If uh, you do sign up for the event and you're, you're in between games, yeah. uh, grab some of those boneless wings. The, uh, oh, the boneless ribs, yes. The boneless yes. ribs. They yes. are, and, and some Thai sauce. Yeah. Those are to die for. Uh, the Folk Club, the Freedom of the Air, the Fraternity of Eagles there. Uh, the beer is cheap. The food is good. Um, uh, it's, it's just a great time. So I, I'm going to be, if I'm not first in line at this event, I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be spamming the refresh button, waiting for socials to appear. <laughs> Have you come up with a name for it yet? I'm mulling old over Billy Boy's, old Billy Boy's old, uh, event of cool. Old no. Billy Boy's Blizzard of Badassery? <laughs> no, um, not yet. I've kind of been throwing around a couple uh, names, but I want to I wanna kind of do a little mini canvas just to see which one sounds coolest because ultimately I want to try and have something that I can run a annual circuit of. So I want to have to... I want to be able just to continuously roll it out, right? Like version two, version three, version four, or you know, one, twenty-two, two, three, twenty-three, four. twenty-four, yeah, etc. Something, something cool, right? So um, definitely trying to make it where it's going to be a a longevity uh, thing. So it's it's been a long, a long time in the making. If you've been keeping up on our uh, social pages, you've seen you know the posts in the last little while of all this the different terrain that you know everyone's been working on. Uh, I know there's, you know, a few guys, including Arthur, uh, Scotty, Isaac, Andy, Dan, you know, just even uh, Alex. Everyone's been kind of chipping away and putting some effort towards it to help keep things uh, rolling. And it, it's been uh, a massive help because uh, it's a lot of terrain. It's a lot of terrain for one dude to try and, uh, to try and uh, you know, get prepared and ready to go. It's in total, last time I checked, it was around... Pretty sure it's like 16, 17 tables. So it's uh, and these are not uh, empty tables. These are like full tables. Yeah, there's 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 a lot. There should be there should be no shortage of terrain. I think everyone will be happy with uh, what we put out. So right on, man. Right on. Right on. Good. I know I'm excited as the uh, undefeated, undisputed doubles champion of all time. Uh, I, I always love to play my favorite type of format. Now, unfortunately, uh, that championship team has retired. And then my, my next doubles partner has moved to Drumheller. I'm currently looking for a doubles partner. Uh, so, yeah, yes, if, if you are someone who wants to play doubles Warhammer with an undefeated, undisputed doubles champ of all time, uh, take an application's. Awesome. Awesome. 
<laughs> um, a couple other things are wrapping up. The uh, the Empton Warhammer League is wrap- wrapping up. Yes. Uh, yep. The the Saint Albert Club Scotty B went for an undefeated run of eight nothing, and don't let him to try to tell you he went seven zero and one because he didn't. He beat me out in the last game, although he'd like to say it was a tie. It was not. Uh, and we're doing a top eight playoffs. Very nice. Uh, uh, winner gets a hundred dollar gift card to Redclaw. Uh, the best sport will get a hundred dollar gift card to Redclaw. And then we're gonna do some sort of painting competition. And uh, the winner of that will get a $100 gift card to Red Claw. And I debated for prize support whether I wanted to do trophies or a little something, right? But I figured one way to support the local community, support some independent business, and get models in people's hands is just straight gift cards. It's it's always a positive. um, When you ever have the opportunity to support, like, your local game stores, and obviously, you know, in Edmonton, like, we have multiple... Uh, take that opportunity to do that and like I, I really mean that for anyone just listening uh, go down to your local store throw a few bucks their way because uh, they are essentially you know the uh, foundations of a lot of gaming they bring a lot of people together and it, it's uh, a huge benefit for the community when these stores are around and thriving so that well that's it dude they're often the first step for people to get into Warhammer. They are. Or, or Heresy or uh, board games or, or whatever their niche uh, fetish is. Yeah. Uh, and without them, you know, we wouldn't have new players and we wouldn't have people coming to these cool events like the That's true. old Billy Blizzard's Bonk Fest 22. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll make it, we'll make it a good name. Don't worry. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm pondering already. The lock the door, take your shirt off, 40k extravaganza. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. I can only imagine the artwork for that. <laughs> Hardcore. Hardcore. Some real <laughs> Emperor's Children stuff going on. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, uh, the last thing I think I wanted to talk about was Angron. Oh, yes, yes. So, first of all, that morning, somebody leaked a picture of him. I think it was Games Workshop. Whatever. A couple hours later, Games Workshop releases the full photo of Angron. Yeah. No now, this has been a long time coming. Yeah, it was all nice, painted, very clear. Uh, last year sometime, somebody leaked like Games Workshop's upcoming release schedule. And it's been like almost to a T right since then and Angron and the word bearers were on that um so he hasn't had like a release date let out for him yet but we know he's coming probably around christmas is my guess uh what do you what do you think is this model what you were expecting does he build up to the hype of a primarch of mortarian and magnus he uh it's such it's it's tragic right i like that they brought out another primarch it's cool um I like that they brought out another demon Primark. It, it's cool. But what I didn't need was another Bloodthirster model. And although I know it, but it's Angron and he's different and he's cool. Like, I would have much rather have seen a Fulgrim, like a demon Fulgrim, all snake body and everything. Like, I think that would have been bigger than uh, Angron. So. 
it's cool. I like it. I think obviously he'll have rules for 30k. He'll have rules for 40k. Guys can really play it up and like build their word bearer force that they really want to. It'll be neat. I just I would have liked to see either yeah either Fulgrim or another uh, loyalist uh, Primarch come out. And I know there's rumors of 10th edition and the Lion and some other shit coming down the pipe, but meh. You know, like, I just... Yeah. Where's Fulgrim, right? Like, come on. They've been teasing him for, like, two editions now. I know, I know. And I would love to see it. I really would. Uh, I mean, you know they got the model kicking around somewhere. It's been built, for sure. Oh, for sure. It's like they they already had all the Primaris built, and they're slowly drip-feeding across the editions. Oh, now buy these six new overpowered kits. Yeah. Yes, yes, it's, it'll be interesting to see how it all kind of boils down, right? There's rumors of 10th edition coming and a lot of, uh, a lot of changes again. And obviously, uh, more, more armies, uh, the leagues of Boten, they're supposed to be dropping some pretty wild stuff soon too. Uh, their little vehicle, it's kind of like a ATV research truck thing. I fucking hate these squats <laughs> I, i'm not a, a lot fan of people of squats myself so a lot of people have complained about tau not fitting the aesthetic of 40k for as long as i've been playing this game and to some extent they're right they don't these squats are even more out there they'd be perfect they have the same aesthetic as like necromunda or maybe kill team or uh, some of the other stuff, but like as a full 40k release, as an equal to Admex, Sisters, Space Marines, Chaos Demons, Chaos Space Marines, they don't fit. Yeah. They've just been gone for so long. They look goofy. Just straight goofy. I hate them. They, they, look, they look like an Age of Sigmar army, man. They have, uh, they have a cartoonier look. Uh, for me for sure and who knows i know i know there's some diehards out there from back in the golden age days that are like yes squats they're back i was never sad to see them go so i'm not really pumped to see them return <laughs> so um you know but for those who are i i think we'll see some cool conversions i hope that there will be a lot of kind of space marine and squat kind of back and forth conversions because i think i think they would look cool and more imperial armor myself and yeah, yeah we'll kind of see how it all how it all works out i guess you know at the start of uh ninth edition they had that uh, trailer and it was uh, sisters of battle against necron bite and in this trailer, we had, like, a sister get fucking stepped on. We had some sister get, like, her hand shot off. Um, the sisters, like, chainsawed Necrons to pieces. It was very grimdark. It was set at night. The plasma glowed. The Necrons were evil. Yeah. Uh, and the faith in the Emperor, you know, provided. And just imagine that same trailer, but instead of the Space Marines charging down, the stupid fucking trike comes roaring up, uh, and these little dwarfs goobers get out and they shoot their little <laughs> guns and they walk up in their little rock suits and and then what they put their drills to use like i just don't see it man i don't see it well yeah 
let's let's hope that yeah let's hope they do something wild uh they i hope they're saving something really cool something really cool we'll see uh yeah. i you know there there's someone out there will pick that army up there's uh there's people that love that kind of stuff right like the Gene Sealer cult sold exceptionally well. People love that. They're, they kind of got a weird aesthetic to them with all the mining stuff. That's true. That's true. So maybe there's that. That's true. Andy, you're not allowed to buy Leagues of Oten. Okay? If you're listening. <laughs> you've got too many armies already. Too oh, many. no. Is, it, is Andy into that? He Oh, he loves the squats. Like, he loves oh. the squats. Oh, no. He loves that I hate the squats. So, oh, he's gonna yeah. he's, he's gonna listen he, to this podcast. He, he's gonna I, be rock hard by the end. Oh, just <laughs> <laughs> ready, just ready. As soon as it's up for pre-order, I know he's gonna order. He'll be. Like, I'll take two. One for me, we... one to spite you. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. Well, uh, you know what? Good. I'm glad for for people like Andy that they have uh, models that they like and stuff like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and anytime they expand 40k, you know, that makes me a happy guy. I, I like playing against different armies on the tabletop. Um, you know, as, as we play in the league, and uh, if I could play eight different armies in my eight league games, I'd be happy. I'm pretty legit. Because that's that's at its best, right? You get to see the neat mechanics of everyone doing their cool little thing. Yeah. Um, and I like that in 40k, they've been kind of rolling some of the sub-factions back into their parent factions. Uh, so, for example, Harlequins are now back with the Eldar book. It's on a separate release. Um, yeah, it feels better for sure. Exactly. Uh, Bellacor is going to be in that Demon Codex. He's done his separate little army. That's going to be cool. I don't like that the uh, Thousand Sons and Death Guard and Word Bearers are their own unique entry. Or the oh, World um, Leaders, yeah. Yeah, uh, World Leaders. Like, maybe that's not a problem. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I guess I haven't really talked to Chaos Base Ring players if they like that or not. Because um, if you have all those individual books, then then what are Chaos Space Marines? <laughs> Everyone else? They're kind of, essentially, like, in my in my opinion, I think they will end up dropping, like, an Empress Children Codex eventually. For sure, and then, yeah. And then you'll just have the Chaos Space Marines are meant to be that generic chaos undivided kind of army or you can have influences here and there but you haven't fully succumbed to one of the main four uh cult armies right so you know, actually maybe that if it's the fluff because yeah. uh don't like nurgle and slanesh hate each other and corn and zinch hate each other yeah there's big rivalries between the gods so it's that part makes it kind of make sense yeah you're not wrong there and, you know, more rules for people who love their individual thing. It's cool. Um, it's true. Hell, you might even see me jump into Emperor's Children when that book gets released. You know, we'll oh, see. Shit. We'll see. I'd have to eat a lot of croaks. I make fun of chaos as like a hobby at this point. But Indeed. 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 We'll see. Uh, I think that kind of chalks up everything I wanted to chat about. Yeah. We I talked 40k. So. We talked Nephilim, we talked Hometown, we talked Falato, we talked your event, we talked Marines and uh, Angron. Yeah. Yeah. No, that pretty much ticks them all. That's awesome. That is uh, awesome. 
Absolutely. I guess um, for you, you know, for you all listening, uh, let us know in the comments if you guys are doing uh, local events yourselves, uh, if you've uh, played in any or hosted any, um, if you've just got anything upcoming. I know there's pretty much a ton of different games being played right now, just across, you know, across Alberta, not to mention like North America itself. See it on my feet all the time. Just explodes with games and different systems and everything. So definitely let us know uh, how things are going where you're at in your local. And uh, yeah, thank you for uh, tuning in for another episode. And uh, thanks a lot, Arthur, for dropping in again and uh, talking some 40k with us. It's always a always a pleasure to kind of you know get the inside. Uh, scoop of what's happening with events and league and everything else so you're quite uh quite an involved guy so it's uh always good info and uh, a good chat well i just love warhammer playing warhammer and talking warhammer man that's what it's all about that's what it's all about well awesome i guess yeah until next time my friends catch you later Trident Wargaming. Build it, paint it, play it.